Welcome to Tell Me More Live, the recorded version of our monthly storytelling night at the Push Comedy Theater in Norfolk, Virginia. In this recording, Timmy Seiler, who works at ODU as a residence hall director, tells his story about a pretty brutal job evaluation. Thank you. Thank you. So here is my deal. I'm a terrible adult. Logistically speaking, and not very good at adulting. Um, and I will give you some examples. I recently read a BuzzFeed article called uh, 21 Ways You Are Not a Functional Adult. And I honestly and sincerely identified with 17 of them. 17 out of 21. My, one of the most exciting parts of my week are Monday nights because I go and get dollar slices of cheese pizza from Why Not? Because that is the kind of classy palette I have. Um, the one at ODU, by the way, not even the one in Ghent. And, and uh, it's gotten so bad that if I'm there either a little bit early or a little bit late, they're, like, concerned, and they're worried that I'm having a terrible day. So that happens. I think the worst example of how I am struggling with this adult thing was I have, I have a dog who is awesome, and one time uh, he needed to go for a walk, and I could not find his leash anywhere. My apartment is about, like, half of the size of this room, and it was so unbelievably messy that I could not find his leash. But he was doing like the doggy version of like the pee-pee dance and he like <laughs> really had to go. So I was like, God, I gotta figure something out. So then I saw my belt um, laying like on the floor or something and I took it and I made a loop and I put it around his neck and I walked outside. <laughs> it's true. And like people saw me <laughs> and I was okay with it. So that is sort of where I'm at in life right now. Um, some like additional context. Uh, I am 24 years old. Uh, apparently people here think I'm 12, but <laughs> the truth is that I am 24 and should be a fully functional adult at this point. But you know, we're struggling with that. Um, some like legitimate reasons that maybe I'm struggling with this whole adulthood thing. Uh, my name at 24 is Timmy. So, thanks, parents. Um, my legal name is not Timmy, but my legal name is Timothy, and that's, like, long, and my dad's Tim, so I'm stuck with this. Yes, I have gotten the South Park references my entire life, so if you were thinking about asking me if I ever get that, the answer is yes. Yes. Um, the, probably the part that makes me struggle with this adulthood thing the most is my job, and it's not a cop-out. I have very good reasons for this. Um, my, my title is called a residence hall director. I, hell yeah, residence hall directors. I don't think any of you are one of those, but I appreciate the support. Yeah. Um, so I'm a residence hall director, which means I run two of the freshman dorms. Uh, we call them residence halls in the business, but two freshman dorms at ODU. So some additional context to that is I like, literally live in a freshman dorm right now. Like My permanent address is 4701 Elkhorn Avenue, Scotland House at ODU. So you're all going to go home to your houses or up condos or townhomes, and I'm going back to the freshman dorm. So <laughs> all of my neighbors are 18-year-olds, so that's, that's great. Who, um, some of them are probably more functional adults than I am, but that's beside the point. So my job itself is great, and I love it most days. Um, some of the things I do, I just want to prove that it is like a legitimate job because people don't believe it. Um, I supervise the RAs, 
I have a lot of administrative stuff I do. I help people program, connect them to academic support. So I do actually do like real things. It's, it is a real thing. Um, but the, the biggest thing that I do is supervise the RAs, which is awesome because I am directly responsible for 18, 19 to 24 year olds. Um, they all love me, of course. Um, more on that in a second, actually. Um, but truly, there is never, ever a dull moment with them. And so we've been, I've been plugging through this year. Um, something that I forgot to mention was, uh, in terms of my adulthood thing, is I graduated, being 24, I graduated from college in 2012 and grad school um, just last May. So this is my first year like with this adulthood thing. Yeah, first year as an adult. Thank you. Um, so I, um, this is my first year doing this job. And recently, about you know, four or five, six, I don't even know at this point, weeks ago, the RAs had the opportunity to give me feedback anonymously on the internet. So <laughs> that happened. And um, I was dreading it, but I was excited, but I was mostly dreading it. So I knew like the day that I was getting the feedback, I had a meeting with my supervisor to like, get the feedback. My supervisor is great, but he was kind of a pain in this meeting because clearly I just wanted the feedback, right? I just wanted to get the feedback. But he made me have this whole meeting with him where he asked me about my strengths and yada, yada, yada. But, you know, I really just wanted the feedback. So finally the time came to get the feedback. And he pulled out this very large packet and slid it across the table to me and said, he said, Timmy, this is going to be painful. But we're going to get through it together. And you're going to get through it. You're going to overcome it. But it will be painful. So I was looking at him. I was, you know, I appreciate the honesty, Chuck, but uh, painful. How painful could it could it be? Like that just seems a little bit dramatic, right? Well, just um, I figured words are cheap, so I thought that I would share some of that feedback with you right now. <laughs> you ready? They're good. It's really good. Um, let's just preface it by saying. 18 or 19 to 24 year olds plus the internet plus anonymity equals like the comment section on an article and this whole comment section is about me and it said things like Timmy is not a resource because he doesn't know anything <laughs> most students find Timmy to be useless I do not feel comfortable around Timmy at all. <laughs> yeah. But wait, there's more. I feel Timmy has had such a negative effect that it has convinced quality, rookie, and veteran RAs to quit. Personally speaking, I do not think Timmy sets a good example for us, but it doesn't bother me. He is not a role model of mine. This one's my favorite one. He says he is open to feedback, but everyone is too afraid of him to tell him that we can't stand him. <laughs> so like, I'm, I appreciate the laughter, but when I was reading this, I was in a room by myself, right? With the lights off, of course, because that made sense. And like the thing that came to mind was Jimmy Fallon's celebrities read mean tweets. But like I was the only celebrity, and like all of the tweets were about me, right? 
So, fuck. <laughs> what was I going to do? And I would love to tell you all that I picked myself up by my bootstraps, picked my ego up, shattered off of the ground somewhere, and like charged forward confidently. That's not quite what happened. Uh, instead, I went through the rest of the day like completely numb. Like I have literally no recollection, I think, of what happened. And then I went to Jesse's in Ocean View. If you haven't been there, you should go. And I downed an entire bowl of guacamole all by myself. <laughs> and then I ordered a queso smothered quesadilla and downed that whole thing too. And some people tell you that, you know, you shouldn't eat your feelings and, like, food doesn't make you feel better. But that shit made me feel better. <laughs> yeah. Made me feel a lot better, actually. And then I had to go to sleep, and I digested all of that food, and I woke up the next morning, and that feedback was still there, but the, the food was gone, right? So I was like, ugh, what am I going to do? And then I realized uh, that I had missed open gym, um, the improv practice comedy of open gym, not the working out ocean open gym, because that was never on the table. <laughs> um, and I realized that I was really letting this affect me. And so I turned to the person. There's one person that I always turn to when times get tough, and they've always been there for me, never let me down. Uh, and that person is Carrie Underwood. I started loving her when I was 14 and voted for her 72 times in one night to win American Idol. I've I did. I have loved her ever since, and she has loved me back, I am sure of it. And so, um, specifically, I took out her latest CD, uh, Greatest Hits, colon, Decade Number One, and just put that on repeat. Uh, in my office, in my car, at home, I just listened to it nonstop because she's always been there for me and I needed her to be there for me this time. Uh, in particular, I couldn't get one of her songs out of my head. And I'm not, I don't consider myself an artist. I don't think that I am, uh, I'm not a musician, I'm not a singer, so like that stuff doesn't usually speak to me, but I couldn't get this song out of my head. So I had to really sit with that and figure out why could I not get this song out of my head. So I will not sing it, but I will repeat the part verbally um, that I couldn't get out of my head. Um, and it goes like this. I wish words were like little toy guns. No sting, no hurt, hurt no one. No pain, no damage done. I wish words were like little toy guns. No smoke, no bullet, no kick from the trigger when you pull it. No pain, no damage done. I wish words were like little toy guns. Uh, I wish the wor these words didn't cut like a knife. I wish they didn't break me inside. I wish there was no bang, bang, no damage done. I wish there was like a little toy. You get it, Mike. You get it. The song is called Little Toy Guns, if you uh, couldn't gather that. So I was sitting there with this song, and I couldn't get out of my head. And what I really uh, noticed was that I kept thinking, like, I wish this song was real life. Like, I wish these words didn't sing. I wish this didn't hurt. I wish there wasn't pain. But I finally had to admit that there was pain, and that this just sucked, and that I had put so much of myself, I had tried so hard, I had been gearing up for this job for like 100 years it felt like, and for what, you know, for all of these comments and many more that I chose not, that didn't quite make the cut. So I was just sitting there with that. Um, and around the same time, I was dealing with this whole like, God, I'm 
like an adult, I have to pay some bills, because um, I live in a dorm, so I don't have to pay all the bills that you people pay, but you know. <laughs> I have to pay some bills, I have to go to work, and I have to do all this crap for this. And I was like, this isn't worth it. So I, the word that I kept thinking was like, I'm stagnant, right? I'm just really stagnant in life, and that felt like a good word to use. So I had to like do something about this. Um, and so I made a phone call that, sorry for the dramatics, kind of has, has, is in the process of changing my life. So I passed the Funny Bone Comedy Club in Virginia Beach, and I was like, yeah, you know, I'm stagnant. Um, I need to figure out how not to be stagnant. And like this idea that I've always had is maybe I'll take a stand-up class because I can write kind of well, and I think I'm usually kind of funny. So yeah, that's what I'm going to do. So I Googled and like the funny, I, the funny bone was, I just was like, it's not happening there. So then I found this little place called the Push Comedy Theater and they had all of these classes. They're not paying me to do this, by the way. This is, this is, <laughs> you're welcome for the free advertisement pushers, but they did not set me up for this. So um, they had all these classes and they were just starting and I was like, cool. But of course there was no stand up class. So I was like, oh, fuck you pushers, but. There were all these other classes, and so I was like, you know what, I need to look into this because I try to, I'm in this process, I'm trying to eliminate what if from my life. So I think what if are the two stupidest words in the English, like together in the English language. <laughs> because why should you, there's no need to wonder what if, just do it within reason, of course. Um, don't break the law and stuff. Um, don't say I told you to. So I was like, I need to eliminate what if, and I need to like look into this comedy class thing. So. But I didn't really want to do it, right? Like I wanted to like say that I did it and that I tried it, but I didn't really want it to work out. So it was perfect because I had this revelation around like five o'clock on a Saturday night. So like, this is the perfect time to call that comedy theater because nobody's gonna be there and I can leave a message and comedy people are probably pretty shitty business people. <laughs> So they're not gonna call me back and I'll just you know, get out of the whole thing. So um, I decided to call and I should, I should preface this by saying I was unbelievably nervous. So I was pacing all over my very small apartment. But not like good, confident pacing, like <laughs> stupid pacing. Like I was walking and I was like doing this and I was rocking and there's lots of spinning, <laughs> lots of like sitting, lots and lots of like rubbing my hand through my hair and like the other really bad, like not adult thing I do is when I'm nervous, I chew on my shirt. So I was like <laughs> chewing on my shirt and it was terrible. But I had to make the call because I couldn't do this what if thing. So I called and rang a few times and um, the line picked up and I heard push comedy theater, giggle, giggle. <laughs> Which was awesome because it was clearly a message because that's not how any normal human answers the phone. <laughs> But then it like didn't continue. So the, so the first thing that popped into my head and therefore came out of my mouth was, oh, so you're a real person. And the person laughed and said, yes, I am a real person. Side note, that person was Brad McMurrin. So whether he's a real person is still up for debate, but for the purposes of the story, we'll go for it. So then, God bless you, Brad. I had about the stupidest um, conversation that I've ever had and um, was like, Brad, I'm stagnant. And I like need to not be stagnant anymore. And I think how I could not be stagnant is like, 
by going outside of my comfort zone. And like you have these comedy classes and that's like way outside of my comfort zone. So, cause like I'm not a performer and I don't really do this stuff um, and I'm stagnant and I'm scared <laughs> and I'm stagnant and I think eventually I just like stopped talking. At which point I hear Brad laughing. So it sounds like he remembers it. At which point he took over and said, um, just do it. And I told him, well, maybe I'll do sketch writing because like I can write and that's like less scary than improv. He goes, no, I think you should do improv. And let me tell you why, because it's magical. And you're going to get up on the stage, and it's going to change your life, and you're going to make best friends. And it, it's just, ma he kept saying the word magical. I was like, all right, it seems a little dramatic again. But <laughs> the, other th the other thing was painful, so this thing is probably uh, magical. So, But the best part was he said that um, if I hated it, I could get my money back. So, um, so at least I could eliminate the what if, and it wouldn't cost me anything. So... Then, of course, I went, and um, long story short, of course, it was magical. And I met just the biggest group of weirdos that I have ever met <laughs> in my life who have loved me just for who I am and who I have loved for just who they are. And it has really changed my life. And specifically, uh, there are some really great rules to improv that I think everybody should know. Um, say yes, but don't just say yes. Say yes and, um, and add to it. Be confident that you can add to it. Uh, Take risks, make big decisions, support your partner, and know that your partner is going to support you. So, um, so improv truly has, and this community of improv people and comedy people has really given me a confidence that I didn't have. So, when I was uh, going back over the feedback to get this like three hours ago because I didn't want to do it, um, I noticed something else, and I noticed that there was some other kinds of feedback that says, "Timmy is so nice. I'm so lucky to have him because he is understanding." easy to talk to and great to work with. Thank you, Timmy, for being instrumental in the success of my first year as an RA. I enjoyed it immensely and I'm looking forward to the journey ahead. Yay, Timmy, smiley face. <laughs> yeah. So, so what I have learned is have confidence. Just do it. Don't be stagnant. Get the hell outside of your comfort zone. And if that fails, for me at least, there will always be two things waiting for me. A bowl of guacamole and Carrie Underwood. Thank you for joining Tommy Moore Live, the recorded version of our live storytelling event at the Push Comedy Theater in Norfolk, Virginia. If you'd like to join Tell Me More or help out in any way, visit tellmemorelive.org. That's tellmemorelive.org where you will find our online submission and contact forms, a schedule of upcoming shows, and more Storyteller podcasts. To keep up with the most recent podcasts, you can subscribe to Tell Me More Live via RSS, iTunes, and Stitcher. If that's not enough, you can follow our Tell Me More Live updates on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, this is Deb Markham reminding you, a happy ending always depends on where the story ends.